I don't know. I can't explain it. It's like you have to get into it first. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm trying to be able to like do it at will. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, it's like going from zero to that. Probably in any creative endeavor, that's just like not how it works. Mm-hmm. You build and then you like feel it, and then mm-hmm. it can kind of take you away. But I'm trying to learn how to um, keep it more consistent. You know. Okay. Yeah. Be able to um, just feel the music and just block everybody out and just play, not worry about anything. That's the thing. You just gotta not care. You yeah. Just play. You know. That's that's the problem. You think you gotta you think too much of what people think and everything that it it, it hinders you. But if you can just learn to just let it go, you be cool. And now you just vibe off with people um, feed you. So, you know, if they're um, listening and everything. Didn't live with my mom much, you know. She was doing her own thing, you know. He had some troubles, you know. What I mean, um, do you have brothers and sisters? I have one sister that I know. All my other brothers and sisters, they live with, they with my dad. My dad was kind of, you know, so he had kids, you know. What I mean, but um, yeah, I only I lived with my sister, and my grandparents for a while. Then you know, grandparents passed away. Then moved out to Richmond when I was fourteen. Um, okay. Live with my auntie and uncle. Then um, went to Richmond High School, you know, one year there. You know, I was really focused on basketball, you know what I mean, and everything. And then one time, sophomore year, um, they got my classes mixed up. They, like, um, I think I had, like, two algebra classes or something. And I went to the counselor and everything. He was like, um, what class would you like to take? I was like, anything, really. You know, I was focused on basketball. <laughs> he was like, um, well, we got music open. I was like, so? I do music. That'd be cool. That'd be useful one day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, went to music. First day, he, like, put me on the trumpet. I was like, cool. I couldn't even make a note. It was hard. I couldn't, even, I, couldn't even, I don't know. That. Trumpet, man. That's weird. But, um, but um, trumpet's cool, though. Don't get me wrong. Trumpet's cool. You know, I just can't play it. Then I was like, what's that curvy thing? That curvy little thing? He liked the sax? I was like, yeah, that one. <laughs> I want to play that one. <laughs> He's like, okay, we start you tomorrow. Got on it. I was able to, I, I didn't have no trouble at all. My first time, it was a tenor sax. I, I didn't have no trouble playing the note. He's like, oh, man, you, you could play all that. I was like, yeah, all right, cool, you know. And um, we played some classical music a lot, some jazz and some little stuff. Then one day it broke. And then he was like, well, I have an alto. I was like, oh, I played an alto. I was like, oh, this thing's small. He was like, yeah. I played it. I instantly fell in love. It was it was a wrap after that. I never went back. Because it was like so, ah, it was so right. I can't even explain it. I can't even explain this feeling. But it's, it went into, when it was in your hands, you immediately felt like you knew how to. Yeah, 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 exactly. You knew how to craft it. You knew how it moved. You mm-hmm. knew how 
sounded. Yeah, I didn't know how it like, sounded until I played it. I, when I played it, that's when it was rap. Like, that's when yeah. I fell in love. Like, it was so, it was like, because it was easy. You know, I've been playing tennis for so long. I played out, it was like, ah, like, oh, I can hit these notes now. Oh, this is kind of cool. I go this high. Oh, you know. So I stuck with it. But still, then I didn't really think about music like that, you know, you know, sophomore year. You know, I was doing a lot of uh, uh, assemblies, you know, at the school and everything, little little um, band thing on back to school nights and stuff. Was it you playing solo or you? In, oh no, I had a, I, it was a little ensemble band. They had okay. a school ensemble. Then uh, my teacher recommended me to the East Basin to perform an arts. He like you went. I didn't know what he was talking about. But I was saying, sure, I'll do it, whatever. He's like, okay, well, I sent them a recommendation, and then they said they want to interview you. Um, I like, I didn't even know what I was walking into. I told my parents, they're like, okay, let's go. We went, and I met these two people, Randall and Andrea. I play. I forgot what song I played them. I play. I think I played some Michael Jackson song or something. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I got a um, a full scholarship because you gotta have you gotta have a scholarship to go there. It's a oh, program. Okay. I think it's like an eight thousand dollars scholarship for four years. That's how that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, for like four years, but it starts from, I think ninth grade, or seventh grade, seventh grade. You know. Oh wow. But I was a senior, cause I started kind of late. You know what I mean? I was yeah. going to be a senior. You know, already, yeah, in high school. Yeah. Okay. Went to the summer program, the five week summer program they have. It's like an introduction to everything that you're going to do there, right? Cause you get to take all the classes because they go to ballet, African dance, um, theater, uh, jazz band, um, classical, all, all you could think of. It's just so you could find yourself, who you are, you know what I mean? Because people don't really know. They're not exposed to that kind of stuff. So that's what that place is for, and it's, it's really cool. I did. I went to the summer program, you know, met a lot of people, met him and everybody. Then I got into this place, this ensemble. It's like they got these ensembles there. It's like African dance ensemble. Uh, classical ensemble, all that, right? Jazz, I did that. That's what really got my jazz. That's what really got me into jazz and everything. And so I was doing that. We were doing a lot of gigs everywhere and everything. But I was still into, like, basketball, you know what I mean? I still wanted to play basketball. And anyway, I went to Richmond High, you know, and everything. Yeah. I don't know if you know Coach Carter. Do you know Coach Carter? You ever seen Coach Carter in the movie? The movie. Yeah. Well, I'm friends. My, his, son, his son is my best friend. Oh. Yeah, Eugene Carter. And I met him. He he went to Richmond High too, which is ironic, you know. what I mean, <laughs> and he actually was in the band, the ensemble. He played piano, okay. so that's it's crazy, you know. It all fit through. It was weird, you know. But he never liked basketball like that. But he was super tall and everything. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> but um, yeah, we was in a band. He was. We actually had a band with him for a while. We, it was just me and him always. Just me and him doing this, doing that. And um, we actually went to the Richmond Powell Center in Richmond Police Activity League. And we actually, because they had a studio there and everything. And we also had a band there with because um, this guy was helping us out and everything. We were doing like, that was like my first band, you know. And, and then, what, what year in high school was this? This was all my, this was my junior year, actually. Junior year in high yeah. school. Yeah. So what, what did it look like between, because you were interested in basketball, that was kind of, your main thing mm -hmm. that you're interested in and then saxophone comes in mm -hmm. and then were they they were clashing they were clashing they was clashing what did that look like and how did you kind of decide or My, work through that <laughs> I kind of, I didn't know any better. I wanted to play basketball. My, my parents knew because they knew how 
they 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 heard something in me, I guess. You know what I mean? Cause my uncle was telling me he at first he didn't even let me practice in the house. I live in, in like a kind of apartment area. He didn't want me practicing the house at at one point. So I was in the backyard. Cause I had to learn the national anthem <laughs> for the school thing. So I was in the backyard just practicing that thing loud. And he was like, he came out and he was saying, he was said, he said, um, come back in. I was like, why? He was like, you sound good. You need, you just come back in. Just come back in. I was like, oh, shoot. Cool, you know? And the funny thing about it was when I was practicing national anthem, national anthem and stuff, it was for the um the school assembly. <laughs> and I went in there, and it was like, okay, play it. And I played it. It was like, uh, what are you, wait, wait, what are you doing? I was like, the national anthem. He was like, no, the black national anthem. Live every voice. And so this black national I was like, oh, no. <laughs> You're playing the national, national anthem. anthem. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, and it, it was like the day of the show almost, like the next day. So I had to learn that fast. You know, I hadn't been playing that long. It's been like six months. You know, yeah. so like that was a big thing. You know, did you I, learn the other one? I did. I did. And the funny thing about it that when I had to do it with these two singers, and we was in the wrong key and everything. It was so bad, but it was cool. We got through it. We did it. But um, anyway, I went to the Russian Power Center. Had a band there for a while. I thought I was going to be there forever, really, you know. And I was still choosing between basketball because, um, oh, yeah, the, the question basketball. Because um, my parents, they they knew, and they kind of, like, they kind of, like, steered me into saxophone because they, I wasn't that good at basketball, you know. Let's say I, was, I wasn't good. Back then, I was, I, was, I was horrible. I don't know what I was thinking trying to play basketball back then. But I tried. I didn't give up. I don't like giving up on stuff. If I, if I have a goal, I'm going to try to do it, you know what I mean? I feel like. It's it's always hard to make those type of decisions. It helps when you have like mentors or people who yeah. just have lived more life. Yeah, you, to, you need to know them and say, hey, I understand that you might like this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just people who have been around longer and seen more things. They can tell. Yeah, like, they they know what's best. You know, they, parents know what's best for you. Let's say it. we all don't like to say it, but parents know what's best. We gotta listen to your parents. Well, and also too, it's just like. I think it helps to have that third-party perspective to tell you, like, hey, you're really good at this thing. Mm-hmm. You're okay at this thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, this other thing. I think you should focus you on should this. focus on More this. on that, you know. And yeah. I think the thing that can make it hard is when it comes naturally or you have a natural proclivity, mm-hmm. you don't realize always that that is a special talent. Because mm-hmm. it comes easy. Yeah, could it? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I didn't really see it at that. You know, I just playing an instrument. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it clashed a lot. But it started to come clear to me when I became a senior. You know, like I need to focus on music because that's something I'm good at. I need to, that's something gonna take me somewhere one day, hopefully. You know. And so, after the pal thing, I went to the center because it seemed more of a better opportunity. I mean, they give me eight thousand dollars to do classes, so I need to, you know. So the East Bay Center for Performing Arts, mm-hmm. you got the scholarship. Yeah. Was that for how long was the scholarship for? Was it for? It's for four years. For four years. Yeah. So um, I went to the center, did the summer program. Then during the school year or my senior year, you take these classes. You get to choose which classes you want to take because after the summer program, you're supposed to really know what you want to do. So naturally, I took you know music classes, voice yeah. classes, jazz ensemble, jazz, advanced theory, all that. Did that, and um, but I was a senior, so I needed to think about college as well. And the only college that was on my mind was the Berkeley Berkeley College of Music in Boston, which is considered one of the best music college in the world. And I really wanted to go there, 
And the funny thing about it is that the center, East Bay Center, had connections with the college. The Berkeley College of Music have these different sites where they go inside, you know, try to recruit musicians and stuff. And the center were part of it. And so they came to the center and they would get two people to go to their five-week program, you know, which is about $15,000. And I was one of the people to go with two other people mm-hmm. my first year. So I went there. I went to Berkeley for the summer after I graduated. At that time, I was only playing for two years. Now, this is the Berkeley Center in Boston? Berkeley College of Music in Boston, yeah. So, so out in Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So you you started playing when you were a sophomore because they messed up your schedule exactly. and then they put you in music class. Exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> it gets crazy. Is any, do any of you, like... Do you have like a family history of musicians? I mean, my uncle, one of my uncles, that's he he's like married in, but he played um he played oh wait, what I'm talking about. My uncle, um, he um he had his own record label okay. at one point. And he played percussion and everything. And my mom sing too, actually. She's actually she was actually doing like karaoke competition around yeah. the area. And she actually won a lot of them. Oh, wow. Which is kinda cool. So I'm probably that's probably where my my talent comes from. So, so there's a little bit of yeah. musical. Yeah. Because it's it's I'd say it's pretty rare to have someone pick up an instrument and feel an intuitive connection without some sort of like yeah parent or grandparents or mm-hmm. or family thing because mm-hmm. playing an instrument's a really very it's a unique kind of skill when it comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, it sounded like when you picked up that alto sax, there was so, something clicked. Yeah, something did click. Something really did click. Yeah, I was only playing for two years when I went to um, Boston. And I don't know what I was getting myself into. I really didn't do that good in school either, so I didn't like go to, you know, I didn't get into any college. I didn't apply, really. I wasn't really thinking about that. I was all I was thinking about was going to Berkeley and hopefully, cause when you go to the five week program, you have a chance to get a full scholarship to go for four years. Oh wow! And so, but you have to get accepted first. Yeah. And I only been playing for two years, and my knowledge of music theory and um, reading and um, playing, even just playing, wasn't on point. But I guess the fact how I was playing, I guess like you said, like you you, you saw how much I loved the instrument. I guess that, I guess everybody else did too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's worth mentioning how we actually met because it kind of comes back to the same yeah. thing. Yeah, like, more than technically or the song you're playing, it's how you play. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people are playing music on the streets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but with you, you were you were really playing. Yeah, you were, you were playing your heart out, and it was just like with like a soul and depth. Where it's like this person loves playing music. Mm-hmm. And that came through to me just walking by, and I think it probably came through to these other people too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I like playing, and I learned that. I mean, you can't really, can't really care what people think. You know, I mean, somebody gonna like your music, and if nobody don't, who cares? As long as you like it, that's all that matters, you know. And so once I got in that mindset, because when I first started playing on the street, cause it's it's been a year, you know. When I first started, I was I was scared. You know, like, yeah. oh shit, I'm laying on the street. Where they gonna think they gonna call the police on me and everything? Surprisingly, I only got called. Police only came three times out of the whole year. 
of me playing on the street. So I guess, you know, maybe I'm doing something right, you know. But in the beginning, I was I was stiff. I was just, ah, make sure I play the right note. Oh, yeah, make yeah. sure I play the right notes on this song and everything. Make sure that, you know. And, you know, and usually, I usually get some money and, I, you know, all that stuff. And sometimes I would get, like, heck of money. And I'm like, whoa. But some days I wouldn't. I'm like, what's going on? I'm still playing the same. But I wasn't. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't giving, I wasn't, I was, bull, I'm, I was bullshitting them, basically, you know what I mean? I was just being like everybody else, just playing to get the money, you know what I mean? So. That's crazy that you would be in the same spot with the same instrument, mm-hmm. and when you're bullshitting, you get like, not much. Not much. And then when you're really, really playing, playing, people be throwing money I, at you. Exactly. It's because, because music is powerful, you know? They feel what you feel, you know what I mean? Even though they can't, maybe sometimes they can't understand what you're playing, like jazz. People don't understand jazz. I swear, if people can understand jazz, it would it would take over, like right everything. But I, I'm telling you, it would, it would. But anyway, if even though they really can understand you, they still can understand you at the same time. You know what I mean? And it's and it's at a point where it's like it's comfortable for them because you know they just listening to you, right? And they like and they can feel what you're feeling if you um. I don't know. I can't explain it. You just got to play. You know what I mean? You just got to play what you feel. And some days I'd be happy and then that changed my playing. Or sometimes I'm, some days I come sad or mad and I play kind of aggressive, but I'm still playing. So it's, it's a lot. It's a it, lot to it. That's the thing that's cool too. It's not like people are responding more to happy, sad, or like mad. They're responding to the depth and sincerity mm-hmm. of which you're playing with, no mm-hmm. matter the emotion. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm being real with my instrument. I'm being real. That's the best way you can say it. Don't be fake with your instrument. Don't be fake playing. Be real. Every time you play your instrument, be, play. that's what it's for, you know? Exactly what it's for. Did, did that, was that a really, do you feel like you kind of learned that through the response of just random people on the street? Like, you saw this very stark difference? Yeah. I mean... I always knew about the playing, how I play. Like I always knew I could like really get into it. That was that was the only thing about me. You know what I mean? I could, I really feel the music, but I never was able to like control it. I never noticed it. I never know. I just it just happens sometimes. Some sometimes I have a show where I'm really feeling it, you know. And sometimes it'd be some bullshit. I'm not gonna lie, it'd be some bullshit. And um. When I realized that I need to stop bullshitting <laughs> and just play, and my uncle told me the same thing. My uncle tells me everything. He he's he's in my ear all the time. So it just um, it, it really makes a difference. No matter if I'm playing right here or if I'm playing on a big stage in Madison Square Garden one day, I don't. I'm never gonna bullshit again. It's just not worth it. You know what I mean? I might as well just throw my instrument away from a bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be worthy of this instrument. I wouldn't be worthy of the talent God gave me, you know what I mean? Because that's that's where it all comes from. It's, it's got some soul. It it's got, got its character. Yeah, it's got its, its own about, self. Yeah, tell me more about this instrument. Where'd you get it, and what's its history? Well, this particular saxophone I bought, I saved up and bought it on my own. It's a professional horn, but it's a cheap professional horn because they range up to I don't know. I seen them for fifty thousand one time. 
you know. <laughs> you buy a horn that's more expensive than a car, yeah. Yeah, but the thing about it is, I'm glad. I've been playing on a, a school horn and everything for about most of my playing career. I only had this about three years. Oh, wow. Well, okay, never mind. High five. It's high five now, so. And I'm glad I started on one of those horns because if you go to a regular nice sounding horn, you gonna, it's going to fool you, you know what I mean? You're not going to be really... You're not really sounding how you really are. You, you, the horn is playing you. The horn is playing you. You're not playing the horn. You know what I'm saying? So once, if you can make a cheap horn sound good, you can make any horn sound good. So it don't matter what horn you get. I could break my horn right now and go get a two hundred dollar one. It'll still, I'll still sound like Kalen. You know what I mean? So I'm glad. And the only person that taught me that is um, my private lesson teacher. My teacher now. I haven't gone back to him in a while. I'm trying to practice on some things, you know. I'm kind of, I ain't going, I'm kind of, he kind of scares me sometimes. You yeah. <laughs> don't scare me. It's like I always, I don't want to go there and bullshit in front of him because yeah. he really expects a lot out of me. So I'm trying to, I want to, everything he tells me to do, I'm trying to get it perfect before I go back to him. But anyway, going back to the instrument, when I went to Boston, because it didn't look like it, it was like brand new. It's like, it was kind of old looking, but it was like a shiny old looking, you know. And when I went to Boston, it oxidized in the air because it was really humid out there. You know what I mean? And I, did I have my son? No, that was my, see, we getting too ahead of the story now. We getting too ahead of the story. See, now I can't, <laughs> well, I went to Boston twice. I got a full scholarship twice to go there. Okay. So, but the second time I went, the second time I bought this, I already had this. So, it was so my So, the third. first time you went, you didn't have this one? No, no. At the, the third, second time, I had this one. So, um, my first year I went out there, it was kind of, um. It was kind of different. I wasn't scared, but I was scared at the same time. Because when I went out there, I was only playing for two years. And this is the best music college in the world. So everybody from around the world came in. People have been playing for at least 10, 12 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They started like five, maybe. You know? And I look at me, who is this guy who's been playing for two years? He's already a senior. I'm already 18. These people 15 and 16. So I was, I was, um, What's the word? Were you intimidated? Yeah, okay. yeah, I was. I was very intimidated. It was. It was this one person, saxophone player, that caught my eye more than anybody, and he probably that's probably where everybody else too. But his name is Say, and um, he played tenor. My first year going to Berkeley, you know, I didn't know anything. I was just jumping into a a Shark Tank, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. just a goldfish, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I saw Say, and he was just. I don't know what it was. I didn't understand what he was playing. My theory wasn't up there yet, but I felt what he was playing. You know what I'm saying? I felt like the jazz. I, I heard jazz, but I never heard jazz like that. Or at least I didn't hear it live like that. He was the yeah. first person I really heard play. You know what I mean? Really play. You know what I'm saying? A saxophone. Saxophone going crazy. And I, that inspired me, but it also intimidated me, too. Like I was like, hey, how long you been playing? How long you like, I'm 17, 16. I've been playing for six years. I've been playing for two at the time. So right now he probably playing for like what twelve? Nine. I'm going, I'm jumping ahead. Nine, five, ten. But um he really opened my eyes because when I was in Richmond and Bay Area, there's nobody playing sax. You know, I was the only one. And when you're the only one, you don't really you don't really know how good you are. Yeah. But when I went there, I knew. And I wasn't good at all. <laughs> I couldn't I went to the jam session one time. Like a regular jam session, everybody's there playing music, everybody's soloing. I couldn't stay in there. I had to leave because I couldn't keep up. I remember sitting in my room. I was like, man, should I even keep playing? Like, I'm so far behind. How am I going to do this? 
how did you, because I think this is something a lot of people feel, where they, they're maybe out of high school, out of college, and they're saying, I like this thing, I'm working on this thing, but there's other people who are ahead of me, mm-hmm. is it even worth starting? Like, how did you work through that? What did you well, find in yourself where you said, you know what, like, maybe yeah. listen to this. Yeah, do it. Whoever listening, do it. Nothing should stop you. Only thing that can stop you is you. That's what everybody should know. Only you can stop you. I didn't do it alone. I trust me. I, I couldn't that I was by myself in my head. In my head I was being really doubtful, you know what I mean? I was like, man, I can't do this. It's too much I too much to learn. I'm already eighteen, you know what I mean? What I'm gonna do? You know, I didn't even get accepted to Berkeley. I already tried out, you know what I mean? They they denied me, of course. Um, I was just sitting there just thinking, like, I don't think I could do this. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, I'm here. I'm yeah, I'm the youngest like, you know, I was the youngest musician wise like two years like i'm two years old everybody 15 you know teenagers you know what i mean i'm <laughs> just walking to think about that's, it. What, that's how i thought about it you know yeah i'm two years old i'm i can't i can't even walk on mode i just learned how to walk you know what i mean you guys over here running and doing backflip dunking you know what i mean shoot i can't even fathom what's going on <laughs> but um i was sitting there and it's funny because my friend that i was rooming with his name was jabril I was like, man, I can't, I don't know. He was like, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I don't, this is kind of much. I haven't playing. He playing for two years and everything. I, these people, I don't know how I'm going to catch up. He like, bro, man, don't worry about it, bro. Just play, but you're going to get there, but you got to do you and practice, bro. Don't worry about nobody else but you, bro. Work at your own pace, bro. You got it, bro. I'll never forget those words because he saved me, bro. Because I wouldn't be playing without those words right there. You know what I mean? Those words right there is the reason why I still am playing today. And after those words, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it then. So after that day, it was like my third week there. After that, I was cool. I didn't care no more. I just played. I did the six-week program. I did good and everything. I was actually in this um, Motown thing, the Motown Ensemble and everything, and the teacher really loved me, I guess because how I was playing, you know. Even though he knew I wasn't that good, but he knew I loved to play, and I was, you know, I didn't, you know. So he he really was, he had me so on everything. <laughs> it was, you know. But anyway, I did that, came back. Of course, I graduated, but the center still allowed me to take classes there. Even though I was 18, I was graduating. You kind of went to college. At the center. At the center. Because I went there for four years, you know? Well, that's what it sounded like to me, is that this, even though most people go at a different time, like it sounded like a a college program Mm -hmm. at the Center for Performing Arts. Yeah. I mean, now I think about it, I wouldn't be nowhere without the center. Man, they really taught me a lot, you know? I still go there now. I I was there like two days ago, three days ago. I mean, it really sounds like that was like, the like, professional training mm-hmm. or like career college experience for mm-hmm. you. And at that time I was really practicing because I didn't want to settle on going to community college. I wanted to go to Berkeley College of Music. So I was determined, you know, first year, okay, I didn't get in. And I actually tried out there when I was in Boston. Oh yeah. Still didn't get in. So try two, twice, you know, I didn't get in. So practice for, you know, whole year. Try it out again. 
I got the full scholarship to go to the summer program again through the center, but I didn't get in again. So that's my third time. So I went back to the. I went. And I got my sacks, you know, and everything. It was time to get a, a my own horn, you know, what I mean? because my teacher gave me the student horn after I graduated. So it was like a graduation gift. That was really cool of him. His name was Mr. Von Bukow. He was cool. He's real cool. But um, uh, I got my new horn. I was real happy after that. I was real happy. That I, that made me practice even more. You know, I got my own horn. Got the scholarship again. Went to Boston. I was real confident. Cause you know I got a new horn. You confident? It's like getting a new pair of shoes, but you yeah. all got a streak with you with your head up high. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I went to Boston and um I knew everybody. Oh, you got a new horn. You know I got better a little. Everybody. Oh, you got better. Which I still suck. You know what I mean. But you know progress. You know what I mean. Was was known. People noticed it. And um, man, that second year was oh man, that was so crazy. I mean. I remember, like, it was these new people that came. Your state came back, you know, one of the best horn players there. Uh-huh. And then it was another person that came named John um, Michael Bradford. Dang, John Bradford. Mike. He going to hate me for getting his name. I know he is, but he going to roast me. But it's cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway. We can cut it out. No, no. Way. I want all these mistakes. I want all these mistakes, man. You know, it's, mistakes are beautiful, man. It's makes, it shows who the person really is, you know. But, um. I saw um he was a he was a trumpet player and everything. He was smashing. He was going crazy. Like, you know. And um it was them two. They was a duel. It was like Miles Davis and John Coach. I'm not even gonna lie. It was it was exactly like that. And I and I'm over here noticing all this, you know. I'm like, whoa, these people, they amazing, you know. And but still my theory and jazz and everything wasn't up to par. But I didn't care. You know what I mean? I, I stopped caring after that. I stopped caring after what Jabril told me. I stopped caring what people think and everything. Not fully, but it was a it was a starting. You know what I mean? I wasn't fully 100% there. You know, yeah. nobody is. But it was the, he, he started it. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, one time I got bold and I said, let's play, let's play a song together at one of the big jam sessions on the stage. Don't know why I did that, but I did it. And, um, they played a song called Cherokee. At the time, I didn't know what that was. And that thing was fast. It said, do 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 I was like, ooh, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing the melody. I didn't even know the melody. They did their little solos. And you know the cold part about it? I don't know why they did that to me. But after they got done sewing, they left me on stage by myself. They did not stay on there. I didn't know the chord changes. I didn't know where I was at. I didn't know what I was doing. Everybody was looking at me. And what I, I just played, I played all the wrong notes. I found it out of tune. I was off real. I was off beat. I stopped in the middle of the soul, in the middle of the form. I was, and when I got done, everybody, I heard one clap. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. Nobody, nobody said anything after that. And then they slowly got back on stage and everything. They started playing it, and they started playing the melody. I was cool. I didn't care. I mean, I did care, but I didn't care. Why they Why they leave you hanging? I don't know. They're being assholes. You continued playing mm-hmm. the same song, but just I had to solo. I had to take a solo. Oh, yeah. I didn't. But I didn't know nothing about the song or what what I was doing. Yeah. So I just played whatever came out. Yeah. I mean, to tell you the truth, there's no mistakes in music. It's no. It's no wrong notes. It's just preferred preferred notes. People, what people like to hear, what goes with this, what goes with that. So you can play whatever you want. Really, it's. I mean, play whatever makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know if people respected me for doing it or they thought I was crazy. It could be both, but I did it. And um, 
I know I made up for it. You know, I, I played on some other songs later on in that five week, and I, you know, I killed it because I knew the songs. You know what I mean? And so, um, at the end of the five week, you got to do this big old what you call it? This big old um, performance at the end. You know, mm-hmm. mandatory performance. So throw the parents can see the kids. You know, all, all that stuff. <laughs> I had I had dread at the time. And you know this is this is broadcast. I want I want to look good, you know what I mean. So I went to go get my dress redid, you know, really twisted. Cause I had a lot of hair, new growth, and everything. So I had to go all the I had to go all the way to Harvard Square. I went there, I got my hair done, everything. It was the day of the show, right? Which it was another thing. I gotta be more. I should have been more responsible. I shouldn't have did that. But um, it was the day of the show. I was being I procrastinated and being lazy. Did it, and um, I left my wallet in the taxi cab. Oh no. And when I went to go pay for it, I was like, oh, I don't have it. But for some reason, I still had my ID on me. Uh-huh. So I gave my ID and everything. And my phone dies. And I'm in Harvard Square. And Harvard Square to Berkeley, College of Music, is like, uh, let's say, let me think. Berkeley to, this Berkeley to El Cerrito, walking. <laughs> I walked. And I was scared because... When I went to Boston, my first year I went to Boston, um, I got I got called nigga three times. Yeah, one, my first street. year. Once was by some people on the street. Um, I, the second time it was I was somewhere by some basketball court. But the third time was by the or the, that was the, I don't know. Third time was by the um police. I was crossing the street. They like, yeah, the street, you nigga. And it was fun of the Berkeley College campus. Like, everybody heard it. I mean, I was the only person with dreads. You know what I mean? I kind of was like, you know. And But, yeah, that was crazy. It didn't really affect me as much, but kind of did at the same time. I got mugged by the cops out there. It's crazy. It's real out there. It's, all that is real. You know, you don't really realize it because we in California, you know what I mean? You don't really see that as much. People keep that inside them more. You know what I mean? But they don't care out there. They just they let it go. And I was kind of scared because I had no phone. My phone was off. My They took my ID and everything because I couldn't pay for it. I told them I would come back. But they got to keep something, you know. I had no ID. My phone was off. I had no wallet. I had no identification. So, man, they would have just caught me on the streets, man. I don't know what I don't know what would happen. I could have been in jail or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? They wouldn't believe my story, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'll play music out there. What? No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> or they wouldn't, you know what I mean? So I would just really just think. I was walking. And it was like three, four, five, four, five-hour walk. I'm just walking. I'm like, I'm late. It's over now. I missed the show, the biggest show of the year. And I'm like, man, how I get in this situation? I'm over here about to cry, man, because, man, I don't even know how to get there, get back. But I saw this building, and I finally got my way back. And, um... Man, that was that was one. That was just, that's one of my crazy situations in Boston. Nobody really knows about that, but everybody do now. <laughs> yeah, I never get that. That was that was crazy. Did you miss the show? Yeah, I missed the show. All right. <laughs> you, I walked in there like, where you at? Where? Yeah. Did you? Uh, I missed everything. Were, were you? Were you like mad at yourself? Were you like forgive yourself? Or did you like reflect on it? What was? I went through everything. Okay. <laughs> I went through all the stages, right? Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Not you know what I mean? It probably was meant to be some way. I don't know. I don't know why that happened, but it's cool. Anyway, you know, did that. Just tried out again. Didn't get accepted. So, that was my fourth time. And then, I went. I came back. 
I think now I'm 20. Now I'm 19. I'm still 19. I went back. I came back. And um, when I came back, I was hearing, they were telling me in Boston that, oh, this new teacher took over the jazz ensemble, They've called, which is called the Jazz Collective in the East Bay Center. This new teacher, he was telling me about it, actually. He was telling me, oh, man, this guy, Howard Wiley, he's going crazy. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man, really? You know, oh, fine. Oh, we got a teacher. Oh, cool. We got a new teacher. Because the other teacher, um, he, um, he left. You know, he went to go do other things, you know. And so I met Howard, and um, he instantly, like, took me under his wing. You know what I mean? He instantly took me because he, you know, he felt what you felt. You know what I mean? He, he knew I wanted it, which I did. And I just didn't know how. What what am I doing wrong? Like I'm, I'm I tried four times. Like what am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? I'm playing. I'm I'm learning this. I did these notes. I know how to play these notes. I know how to do this. I, I know how to read. Them. Why won't you accept me into your college? You know I got the <laughs> yeah. college twice, man. With a summer program. That's how I was thinking. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He sat he sat me down. He just told me it was real. He told me everything what I was doing wrong, and what was, what was really wrong was my technique and everything. And he fixed all that like fix that's what I was working on. I've been working on my technique for a year. He had me working on nothing but breathing and um scales for a whole year. I had got nowhere nowhere near nothing else for a whole year. I'm still working on it actually. I still haven't mastered it down. I just got my breathing down. But when I tell you that made the most biggest difference in the world, just that, like I mean, he's damn he didn't save my music career. I'm not even gonna lie, he he changed I can't even explain it. Like the reason I play the way I play now, the reason it sounds because I could always I've been playing like this, you know, but it didn't sound good. You know what I mean? It it sounded like, you know, somebody know how to play. But once he fixed that, then everything came together. You know what I mean? Because you always gotta have, you gotta have technique, you gotta have proper technique, you gotta do things right. You know what I mean? So when he fixed that, you know, he told me what to listen to and everything. And he, t- he, what he really stopped me from doing was thinking too much. I was thinking way too much, overthinking a lot of things, a lot of things in my playing. You know what I mean? He just said, "Stop, just play. Don't worry about the chords and all that stuff. Don't just play right now. Just play what you feel. You know the music. You listen to the music and everything. The only thing that was hindering me from being able to play what I hear was technique. So a year of doing that, you know, I still tried out for Berkeley again, didn't get accepted. Still, I wasn't still wasn't ready. So a whole year of just um, practicing, you know what I mean? Thank God my parents let me do that, you know what I mean? They should have kicked me out, man. But no, they let me, they, they they believed in me, you know what I mean? They still believe in me. And they let me practice. I really thank them for that. Because I really needed to just sit down. Because I've been playing for two years. You know, I, I, um, I started late. Let's be real. I started late. I had to catch up. And I still need to catch up. How really. much did you practice? Oh man! At that time, I was it was eight hours or six hours. I had to put that in. I had to. Wow. I had to, six hours, eight hours, four hours, and sometimes it got it kind of it gets kind of hard to do that. You know what I mean? To just sit there and stay focused on what you're doing, stay focused on how it's just playing. But I did that, and mostly it was just breathing, and just um you know scales and everything. And then that's when I started doing covers, you know, putting stuff on YouTube and everything. Cause that's what I mean. I played jazz, but my main focus was uh, focus was on R and B and stuff. I like playing R and B songs and stuff. Cause I felt that more. I felt the music. That's what I thought. That's what I listened to. That's what I grew up on. Grew up on. You, you know what I mean? That's what my playing sounds like. R and B stuff. You know what I mean? 
And naturally, people thought I was a smooth jazz, smooth sax player. They all thought I was American. I don't even, even listen to smooth jazz, man. You know what I mean? My teacher, they they call they call me um they call me Sanborn and everything. And I don't even listen to Sanborn, Kenny. I don't even know how I play like that. But you know, it's good. You know, play what you like to play. You know what I mean? Don't care what people think. You know, no matter what, just keep doing what you're doing. Cause you know that's what that's what got me. You know what I mean? So um, at one point. I had my R&B stuff down. Like, I had it in my head. That would never leave my head. It's so much. It's in my head so much now. I could I could stop playing for 20 years R&B and play nothing but jazz and go straight back into it. You know what I mean? And just, you know, kill it. So, at, at that point, I already knew that. So, I just focused on jazz for that whole year. Just listening and just playing. You know, I still wasn't that good. I'm still not good at jazz. I'm horrible at jazz right now. I still can't play jazz. I try. I, I dabble in it. You know what I mean? I, I try to play it. But, um, you know, I practiced it and everything. My teacher, we, you know, jazz ensemble, he grilling us every day, well, every Monday. He grilling us, playing everything. We playing the same song for a whole year, one song for a whole year. Cause we didn't, he, we wasn't, you know, we wasn't good at it yet. We wasn't hidden, you know what I mean? We wasn't locked in. So he had his, and I thank, I thank him for that because we needed that. That's that that was always be in my head because that's how you're supposed to practice. That's how you're supposed to get better at things. You know, you gotta keep, you gotta stay focused on one thing. You can't be a jack of all trades. You know what I mean? Because you you gotta master something first before you go to another thing. That was my problem too because I play piano, I play bass, little bass, I play little drums, and everything. But I had to stop because. That's not my main instrument. I need to master this first. But after he told me, after he grilled me for a whole year and everything, I tried out for Boston one more time. And I got in. I got in. They they say, yeah. But um, you know, I A through G requirements and everything. I didn't do I didn't go to college, you know, anything. And but all they said that is just do that and you you in, you know what I mean? And I thought about it a lot because I would think, I don't know, I don't want to put Berkeley down or nothing. Berkeley is a wonderful school. Everybody should go to college and everything, Berkeley College. I mean, that's what I say, or any music college, really. But I felt like if I were to go to Berkeley at that time period, because at that time when I was 20, because everything was happening at the same time, you know what I mean? Everything was hitting me at the same time. I was finding myself on the horn. Like, I was, people was like, they was liking what I was playing, you know what I mean? They was I was establishing who I was on my horn. And I felt like if I were to go to Berkeley at that time, I would have lost everything. I would have I would have been sucked in to what they were doing. You know what I mean? I would have sounded like everybody else. And if I would have stayed there for four years and come back, I would have lost everything. Yeah, I would have been good at jazz and everything, probably. And cause that's what I probably would have did mostly, right? And, you know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my sound. I wouldn't learn. I would have probably lost how to play, like out. You know what I mean? Play, letting go. I probably lost all that. And I, that's what's kind of, it kind of scared me. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't, I don't want that to happen. So I chose not to go. And everybody that hears me say they're gonna probably gonna say I'm, I'm the most dumbest person in the world. But it was my decision, and I don't regret the decision, and I stayed true to that decision. That must have been a hard decision. Yeah, so, yeah, well. like you make it, you make it sound confident now, but at I, that time, I'm sure it was a very hard decision. Oh man, you had to think about that a lot. Yeah, you, you, you 
So many people were mad at me. But like, not a lot of people would have made the decision to say, to know themselves enough mm-hmm. and to have that confidence mm-hmm. or that, you know, kind of that trust that you're like, I am going after this thing, and if I, if I don't do this now, I may not gonna happen. I may not ever get the chance to do it again. And the only reason I thought that because I was um. You know, I was in the jazz ensemble, right? But I had a also wanted I wanted a band, you know what I mean? I wanted to, I, I had a band, you know, like I was still getting some gigs sometimes, you know, even though my plan was not I was still getting gigs sometimes. And Eugene was the Coach Carter's son, he was in my band, but he he ended up being in the Marines and everything. He actually doing really well, you know. But um we wanted to start a band because we 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 we, we, we in the same boat, you know what I mean? And we started a band and we it was just me and him and we had this other player named Reggie. He's a piano player, and it was just us three. We was actually called, we was actually trying to find our name. I remember one name was like QKR Music, something like that. <laughs> and that's what I was looking for. Okay, I got a band now. I got, you know, we're not that good, but I see something. I feel something. Because when I play with them, you see me play on the streets, right? But with them, it's a whole different level. It's like something different, something way different. I never feel the same unless I'm playing with them. And my uncle, my uncle don't want me to be in no band. He feels like, he feel like it's gonna slow me down. It's not gonna slow me down. It's not gonna slow me down at all, because he don't know what I, they don't know what I feel. It's something, something feels. It feels I can't even explain it, man. It's just I just want to just ah rip over my saxophone and something, you know? Cause it's just it's the intensity from playing with them. And I and when I felt that, I mean, I felt that one time. And after I felt that, I knew that I should I have to stay. And work on this. You know, we wasn't tight, you know what I mean? But I know we, we are going to be tight. We're going to be good. So, you know, after that, you know, after denying and everything, everybody be mad at me, you know, people, people probably not even talking to me, people, you know what I mean? After that, um, uh, we started, I got the band together. We started rehearsing a little. And we started... um. Doing little gigs here and there, you know, little fifty dollar, twenty five dollar gigs. Sending giving with some gigs sometimes, you know, helping us out. But the thing was, thing about it was that they felt what I felt when I played. You know what I mean? We all had a connection instantly. And I don't know if that's coming from playing in the jazz ensemble together. It probably is our chemistry together. Whatever the wherever it may be, we had a connection and we sounded good together no matter what. You know what I mean? I knew that, and so. I really put all my focus on the band and everything, and so yeah, we we added a um, we had a Ken Shea, our bass player, and it's really just us four. And then we have a percussion player we added later on in the singer and everything. But um, it's really us four because it started out as a jazz band, you know what I mean. But we're gonna grow into something bigger. I'm not gonna say anything yet, you know what I mean. We start we mostly a jazz band. We're we that's our roots. But we play other stuff. We play the songs you hear you hear me play on the streets. You know what I mean. But we put our own flavor to it. We put soul into it. But anyway, so now I'm with the band, you know. We started playing at this place called the 44 Restaurant and Bar in Berkeley. And this guy named Greg, who Reggie was already playing for, you know, playing piano behind him while they sing, I guess he saw something in us too. So he really was helping us out. Like he gave us like, like their gig at the 44 Restaurant, you know, we played instead of them and everything. We started doing little gigs here. Then we had a one big gig at, um, Dimitri's, Dimitri's, and where where was that? Solano, Sassoon City, Sassoon City, right? Mm-hmm. And um, 
we were trying to figure out our name. He said, you guys got to have a name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, I know, right? And we we couldn't think of nothing. I remember. And I think we came up with Soul Collection or something, right? <laughs> soul Collection. And we told him we was on stage. We were about to go on. He's like, Soul Collection, huh? Hmm. I don't know about that. How about Soul Progressions? We was like, oh, that sounds dope. Oh, snap, that's going crazy. Okay, you do that. And he announced the soul progression. That was like our first time really on a, a big stage playing, you know what I mean, together. All four of us. And that was that was that was that was amazing. That was crazy. I can I can't even explain to you what I was thinking. in a mood. I always call that song at the end. They hate when I call that song. I just, I, I remember, it's funny because when I, I was in Berkeley, I was with a private teacher and I was doodling. And he's like, oh, you know what song that is? I was like, no. What? He said, you play Innocent in a Mood. I was like, oh, what song is that? He played it. It's John Coltrane and Duke Ellington. I ain't gonna lie. I never heard a song like that in my life. It's still one of the best songs I ever heard. I love that song so much. I, man. I actually dedicated this song to my mom one time, um, cause she she passed away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, I dedicated this song. Every time I play this song, I don't even tell him that. Every time I play this song, I always think about my mom. Ever since I first heard it, like that's instantly what I thought about. That's why I guess it. That's I don't know. I guess that's why I play it so hard. I don't know, but um. Yeah, um, I, that's just, that's that's one of our songs. We haven't played it in a long time yet. I don't know why, but we so gonna play it. This is and now this is up to present, right? Yeah, you guys are in the band. Yeah, you guys, are you guys still at the, oh, at the East Bay? No, we after that after that year we all it's funny all of us at the same time. Okay, it, it wasn't even planned like that. With yeah, we all left. It, you know, it wasn't even planned. We all cause we all had other. We were so busy. You know what I mean? We didn't have time to go back to the center. I guess it was just time. You know what I mean? To yeah. move on. You know. Cause they they helped us so much. I think we needed to get we need to expose ourselves to the world now. You know we need to get out to the world and everything. And um, that first we had we did Dimitri's and after that we just been having every gig we had after that. It wasn't like no small. Oh yeah, we had small gigs, but we had huge gigs. Like we played at the um Metreon in San Francisco. It was all VIP white party like five hundred dollar tickets. Like whoa, whoa. Yeah, we played at the Oakland Museum about three times already. Nice. Um, we played at the um, we played at the Shadow Lounge before. We played at in Oakland. We played at um, what else we played at? We played at the Phoenix and um, um, San Rafael. That's 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 a huge one because they, oh man, the Phoenix is big. We had to play in, um, we played behind this we played played behind this um guy 
Greg, who, you know, Greg that helped us out. And he he's so cool that he we only played like two songs with him and he gave us the rest of the set for ourselves, you know what I mean? So like that was so it was oh, we played with Honey too, huh? He gave us most of the set, you know what I mean? But that was you know, we just God been blessing us so much, you know what I mean? That's why I'm that's why every day I'm so glad I didn't go places. Because this this is so much better, you know what I mean? Cause when you when you go to college and everything, especially for music, what are you going to do when you get out? You're going to go get a band and try to, you know, make it. You know what I mean? That's what everybody does. You just got, you got that degree, you know? And, yeah, that probably worked for some people. But at the time, I didn't think it was going to work for me. That's not the route I wanted to go at the time. So I'm glad that I made that decision to stay. Because now it's it's getting serious a little, you know what I'm saying, right now. It's, it's like no more playing games at the time. We got a lot of people helping us. We got a lot of people almost putting money behind us. You know what I mean? We getting a lot of these big gigs. We, we got to, um, actually, we have a, a gig on Juneteenth at the, at, um, in Berkeley. Actually, you know how they close all the area and everything. We got the main stage, which is one of the biggest gigs we ever had. You know, because the, the year before that, our teacher, Howard, had the main stage. And he's big. He's and and to think that we have it now, it's like the per, the progress we came. You know what I mean? From playing that little 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 that little thing, little um, at the I mean we play at this Never Center in Richmond <laughs> for these little kids Christmas party thing <laughs> for like fifty dollars, and now we over here playing to even just to get on the main to get on the little stage takes a lot for that. Cause it's a lot of people there. I mean. Thousands of people, you know, and then we, we got the main stage, you know what I'm saying? Somebody believed in us so much that they gave us the main stage, and that says a lot. That says a whole lot, you know what I mean? And now that things are really things are, are starting to happen, and you guys are starting to feel because obviously you you took that that step of faith first, but now and and that's scary. But now it's starting. Oh, yeah, it's scary, all right. <laughs> now that things are starting to come, what's your advice for, you know, other people who might be at those points in their own lives? Oh, man, just keep going. Just don't. I say have tunnel vision to your goals, man. Don't care. Don't block out everything around you. Just look at your goal. You listen to people, but don't let people stop you from doing what you want to do. Keep going because... It's, you only have one life, you know what I mean? Don't let nobody control your life. I mean, you know, if you make mistakes, and so, it'd be your own mistake. You know, because if, if I made a mistake because somebody else, I'd be really upset. I'd be really upset. But if I made a mistake on my own, I wouldn't be that much because it was my own mistake. I, I learned from, you know what I mean? I could say that I did it, and I failed. But at least I did it, and I said I did it, you know what I mean? Nobody else told me to do it. Nobody else made me do it, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like if you wanna if you have if you wanna do anything, I mean anything, if you wanna be the best actor in the world, if you wanna be the best basketball player in the world, you wanna do anything, you wanna go to Mars, I don't care. Do it. Try. Why not? You only got one life, try. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. People are so scared, they they go for this, they try to be so safe, you know. Do good good grades. Go to college, you know, all that stuff. Get a good job, get a house, all that stuff, and I have a good life. I mean, yeah, that's what you want. I mean, but don't you want more? I mean, like I said, you only have one life. Don't you want 
more. I mean, reach for the stars, man. That's what the life is for. Reach for the fucking stars. And and I'll guarantee you will get there if you keep going. You'll eventually get there, slowly but surely. You know what I mean? If if you had to title your autobiography. <laughs> oh man. What would I think? What would I <laughs> uh what would I title it? Live. Just live. Live your life. Live the life the best you can. Live your life the best you can. That's all I can say. Also, if if it was just titled Live, that would also work nice with you being a musician because although it would be written Live, it would also read Live. Oh, yeah. You know? Live, yeah. Because oh, like then, like, yeah. instead of it just being like Life, like some, some people's autobiography would be Life. life. It would be live, live. But also Live. live. That's wrong. Oh, Keith, I'm never, see, I'm never gonna forget that. See, thank you. That's the title. Yeah, never gonna forget that. This, this is great. I am so glad that from me just walking down the I know. <laughs> and hearing you play, hey, it's all and God, feeling something it happens for a reason. It happens for a reason, absolutely. And the band is Soul Progressions. Progressions. What an S? The band is Soul Progressions. I've mm-hmm. been talking to Kalen Freeman. Yeah. Other band members. Uh, this is Quinn Montero, and big drummer Ken Shea Gooden bass, Reggie Johnson piano, <laughs> Lake Hale with Jimmy on percussion and um, spoken word, and Chanel McCoy. They all they all got something special. Everybody has a story. Everybody got a story to tell. Thank you so much for listening. This has been is now a good time. Thank you to. Uh, Our mixer and editor, Mike Benz. Thank you to Shane Callahan and Chloe List. This is Bill Ehrlich. Is now a good time. And now, hit it. (laughs) 